afternoon wherever you may be and welcome to it's so real with your boy oh and your girl rocky what's good <laughs> thank you for joining us today for our part two of the therapy series <laughs> so today's episode unpacking the stigma with the leading question well, why don't black people go to therapy Ah, boy, that is a loaded question. (laughs) So, yeah, when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. it was more like therapy was for crazy people, was for white people. Mm -hmm. And even when I was going to school, it just seemed like, no, there's there's some stuff as to why black people don't go to therapy. Because I started researching more because I was curious as to why we don't. In mass, I know some more of us, especially the, uh, among the millennial generation, are beginning yeah, to, trying. yeah. Um, but like the whole conditioning that black people have experienced, um, with everything of being black in America, it actually drove me to the psychology field. So, trying to understand that conditioning, I approached why black people don't go to therapy with the same kind of um, questions. Um, so why black people don't go to therapy number uno first one faith yeah let's talk about it i know i know yes i mean okay first off you can go to a therapist and pray at the same damn time (laughs) let's just get that straight okay now first off i understand that we would not have made it through slavery if it wasn't for our faith like I mean, honestly, like that shit would have killed your spirit, you know, like if it wasn't for our faith, our hope of having something better, either in the future or in the afterlife, you know, that was what kept us going. That's real. Um, so I understand (laughs) you can hear the vacuum. Sorry. I definitely thought it was my housemates upstairs. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. We keep it real, even though we have no control over this. But anyways, faith. So we definitely, ah, man, and it's getting louder. Um, <laughs> it's we, cool. They can't hear it as much as you. As you okay. Know. Well, it's annoying the fuck out of me. Condense, these condenser mics, they pick up whatever is like right here. So okay. Cool. Well, shout out to O for getting us professional mics. Hey. <laughs> um, Plus, I'm going to filter the fuck out that shit out of your producer right here. Hey. Oh, so smart productions. <laughs> but yes, faith. Um, so I am really tell. bothered because he knows what time we do this fucking show. <laughs> that is why I'm bothered. Anyways, uh, faith. Um, as uh, one of the reasons why black people don't go to therapy. So, right. um, we have this concept that God can fix everything, and. <sighs> You know, that's cool, but sometimes you need a little bit of an answer, (laughs) like in English, you know, like not a sign, not you do these things and, you know, pray about it and you'll be answered. Not shit works out in mysterious ways. You know, like sometimes you need a legit response, like, no, you need to do this, okay? Or stop doing that, like the hell. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not like that in my, my, my therapy sessions, although sometimes I want to be, <laughs> but, but yes, so we're, we're taught that, you know, God can handle everything and that we just need to pray and things will get better through God. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you need people who have been given a calling through God to help other people. You know, I mean, you, you preach it to the choir here. <laughs> Had to sneak in my corny list, little pun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go ahead. But yeah, like 
we're we're here to help. It really don't make no sense to not see a therapist because of your faith. As if like, what I'm against God or something like. I'm against right? your your spirituality. Spirituality is a part of my work. Exactly, I holistic health. That. Yes. So no matter what your faith may be, if it's Christian or something else, mm-hmm. if I'm in the picture and I'm in the room with you as a as a your therapist, mm-hmm. I'm gonna incorporate that spirituality as a way to help our work and to mm-hmm. help our, our development and understanding of whatever your conflict might be. Mm-hmm. Mind, body, spirit, baby. So yeah, it's never gonna be a thing where it's like I completely cut off that mm-hmm. that part um, of your yourself. That's, yeah. That would be like negligent. And honestly, that might be. Because we know how big faith and spirituality is to the black community. Right. Because I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we had a spirituality class in school, but I don't know how much other therapists incorporate it into the session. But because we know it's such a big part of us. um, Like I was I was in my black psychology class and we were looking at the similarities and differences between black American culture and African cultures. And one of the things with spirituality was like it's interwoven into our daily lives. And it's like, it's, it's very much a part of all of us. Like at Hampton, right. It was like just being anywhere. We started it with a prayer, you know, like it was just, it was very much a part of our lives. The music it's it's just faith, you know? And again, we wouldn't have been able to get through all of the hell we've been in, been through in this country without it. So it it makes sense to turn to that in in some cases, but we're evolving now. We understand that we also need the help of professionals and need different perspectives mm-hmm. when it comes to our healing. Mm-hmm. Healing from one perspective and, and like one point of view is, is like cutting yourself mm-hmm. off from so many ways of actually getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and, we got a comment. Um, <laughs> uh, so Erica so says, <laughs> I have an aunt <laughs> who always says, just pray about it. That shit irks my nerves. I feel you on that. Um, prayer without action, ooh, therapy, ooh. Uh, gets you nowhere. Yes, faith, faith without work works. is dead. Yeah, that's right. You need to work, and therapy is work, okay? And I also want to say, bishops, pastors, beacons, or deacons, beacons, <laughs> deacons, it was bishops, and then, you know, gotcha. but uh, preachers, all of that, they are not trained Right. In counseling. They're not trained hey, in therapy. People have gotten some terrible, terrible That's because they're not trained. Like advice and guidance from their uh, pastor or their spiritual leader. Because, mm-hmm. again, going back to that tunnel vision of your yeah. scope of healing, yeah. if he's only looking at it from a spiritual point of view, he may be neglecting the other parts of mm-hmm. the conversation. And that's why you're not getting the proper guidance. So, again, with me, I incorporate the spirituality. Exactly. But somebody but I'm, only spiritual in there. But I'm also I'm focusing on other different things, and yeah. it's like uh, the the pastor we, might not be able to do that. Exactly. And do you remember that trauma uh, training we went to with Dr. Joy DeGruy, and then it was the mm, yeah. the pastor from Yo, from St. Louis. She was on point. Yeah. So so um somebody in the audience came up with a question, and I forget what the question actually pertained to. I think it had something to do with family, maybe a mother child dynamic. Mm. Um that this, this person needed healing on. And the pastor responded one way, and it was very practical. Um, it was very much like, you know, just step tools, that kind of thing. But when the therapist responded to her, it was clearly like processing the trauma that has been done. And the pastor even pointed it out, and she was like, that is why you go to therapy. Because I didn't even think of that. Right. I'm not trained to respond that way. And that was the mark of a good pastor, right? Yes, there. exactly. Because instead of getting in her feelings and her ego, like, oh, I could have did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, whatever. That's not all that important. She said, she took a step back and was like, damn, that really was a different perspective that mm-hmm. could have helped her out. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that because I don't have that training. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why you need to collaborate with exactly. your efforts of healing within mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. So, spiritual, maybe you get more of the spiritual here. But you can also bring that piece into the therapy room. And that's where it's applied and helped because we have the guidance in other areas. Mm-hmm. And I do need more pastors to actually talk about mental health and, and talk yeah. about going to seek therapy and to seek counseling. Whoa. Like, I need more of them. And, and that's the thing that uh, we wanted to do when we first got to Oakland mm-hmm. was we wanted to collaborate <laughs> with the black churches in yeah, the area plan. and be oh, like, man. yo, come see us because y'all... 
don't have the tools. Like you really don't. I'm sorry. Now I will say I went to, I was in practicum with a, two colleagues and my supervisor who taught, well, my supervisor taught at, and then my colleagues attended a, um, was it a seminary school? It was a school that, um, specialized in Christian counseling. So it was like a Christian school and they had a counseling department there. Okay. So it they did like touch on both. Now that is different than if you just go to seminary school and it's just all, you know, right. faith and Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah, so definitely go to therapy. You can go to therapy and pray at the same damn time. You can pray in therapy shit. Okay? You can. <laughs> like Yes. I don't mind praying with anybody, joining in their spiritual practices mm-hmm. as a way of healing for them. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just because of the therapist that we are or that I am. It's like, we don't got a problem with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So that was the first one, right, Faith? That was the first one. So why don't black people go to therapy? Faith. That's a huge one. It is. That's why I was numero uno. That's a huge one. All right, so you you know what n- numeral dose is? The second one? Dose? Well, according to the list that I'm looking at. <laughs> so the second reason, and these don't necessarily have an order. I just put them in what I think is more like priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second reason black people don't go to therapy is because of our strength. Too strong for too long. We have been taught to be strong. And again, it's the only way that we were able to survive. And some of that strength, we can't admit any weaknesses and we have to like say i need help in order to like go seek therapy and we just yeah we've been strong too for too long it's true like uh so even when it comes down to regular medical help you know like (laughs) well i I will get to that but continue right you know how they Mm -hmm. say like some um even like the 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 death of of black women um, from childbirth mm-hmm. it's like skyrocketing because like they're not paying attention to like the needs of the mother mm-hmm. um, and I, that's a long history going all the way back to slavery yeah. talking about <laughs> black oh, people don't feel it. pain she, yeah she she can take it she's not human or she I am pain. human motherfucker see this is why I don't try with them no more <laughs> so even on that perspective when it comes down to the yeah, the medical field, not mm-hmm. even going into the mental health. Field. Yeah, right. It's like we're not treated the same. Mm-hmm. So we, our perspective is the same when it comes to us. Like we feel like, oh, I, my needs don't need to be addressed. Like you were saying, like, mm-hmm. oh, I can tough it out, or my mental health is, oh, that's for for weak people, like, or for that's people, who, for white people, white people who got money, or mm-hmm. like, I don't got time to complain. I don't have time to address my feelings. And let, let's. Address from the black woman aspect. We are always going. We are always taking yeah. care of somebody else, and we never have time to take care of ourselves. And we aren't even allowed to have breakdowns because other people are dependent on us. I have so many black women who I have to say, you have to put you first. If you don't put yourself first, you won't have anything to give anybody else. That's fact. I mean, it's it's the only way that you can go about your life is by being able to have enough energy to mm-hmm. give back to someone and contribute to that community. If you are overworked mm-hmm. and completely drained, there's no way that you're going to be able to help anyone. You're not going to be strong. The way to rebuild your strength is to take care of you. you got to take care of you first. Yes. So the whole being too strong thing, that, that shit is crazy. And from the male side, mm. the perspective of it, it's like the whole emotional piece. Like mm-hmm. for you, you, I think it's uh, for a lot of women, it's more like... Time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot more more on that side of the spectrum. But like for us, it's like we don't emotions aren't appreciated or um, shit. They're valued. discouraged. Right, right. Yeah, they're seen as weakness. They're seen as something to disregard or to get over quickly. Mm-hmm. They're seen as like a hurdle, basically. Like every emotion is like it's like you're running a marathon, and it's like every time you have an emotion, they're saying like hurdle over that shit, get over that shit as quickly as possible. Like don't worry about anything, just get to the finish line. That's basically what it is. It's like a little distraction on our way to whatever we think our goal is. And in the meantime, we're, we're hitting them hurdles. We're bruising our legs. We're knocking mm. them. Like, we're just getting hurt all the way down there. And then by the time we get to the finish line, it's like we're all broken and tattered up. Mm. And then it's like, 
one, other people have passed us and won the race. <laughs> and then two, it's like, who's going to want to uh, be with a fifth place uh, person? Like, not, I'm not even runner-up. I'm not even first place or nothing like that. I'm be- I got beat up through- on my way to winning this race. And it's like I never took care of myself on the way there emotionally. I never realized why I was getting in- into those hurdles. Hmm. And... That's what a lot of men go through. It's like yeah. they just never address their emotions, and then when they come into a relationship, oh, example, especially because women are like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> we need to address emotions in this relationship. Right. So when it comes to that, they've had so much practice and a habit and just running right over, like going mm-hmm. through them hurdles mm-hmm. that they don't even know. Like they're like, wait, so we gotta address this shit? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? What is are this? feelings? <laughs> feelings. My oh, one client oh, was like, we don't use that f word in here. <laughs> right, 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 like. Feelings, oh, hold up, like, oh, let's talk about something else, like, you know, goddamn, too sensitive, mm-hmm. like, and, and it prevents that connection from happening, so that's why a lot of black women and black men, it seems like there's that imbalance, because yeah. there really is, yeah, it really women is. at least have that emotional side that they mm-hmm. can connect to, mm-hmm. and it's like, they haven't neglected that piece. We, we know what's there, ladies, Right. we know what's there. <laughs> so, it's, uh... The strength on the other side, it's like emotional strength that women have that mm. men just do not possess. Mm-hmm. It's like, because it's so bad that we don't even understand what emotional strength is. Mm, <laughs> damn. Like, we don't even damn. flex that muscle. <laughs> we, we just like, emotions, eh, whatever. Like, mm. So when something really hits us, that's why our heart breaks. Oh my God. And women have said men are pussies when it comes to, even though pussy is a sign of strength yeah. and is a beautiful and wonderful thing. Sure but anyways, is. um... <laughs> Yes, that men aren't able to handle. (laughs) Men aren't able to handle heartbreak, whereas women we just get right back into the ring. Like shoot them, they out for the count. Because we don't know how to deal with our emotions. Emotionally weak, we have no strength when it comes to emotions at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. Therefore, we need to go to therapy and work that shit out. Okay. Um, the next one for why black people don't Ooh, go to therapy. And this ties right into I know, our academy. I know, I know. Third one, number three, numeral tres. Keep it in the family. Keeping it in the family. Oh! So many secrets, so <sighs> many lies, so much silencing. And it's because we're taught to keep it in the family. Nobody needs to know our business and all this other stuff. One... Go back to part one of our therapy series into the office where we talk about confidentiality, okay? Because you, we are legally and ethically bound to not say your shit, okay? Right. So no, you I come don't. to us, ain't nobody finding out. It's inside your family. I'm helping y'all get it right. <laughs> and so y'all can see each other's perspectives and shit, but yeah, nobody's talking. Family secrets are toxic, yo. It's basically like you having a family recipe Mm-hmm. For the most bomb ass cooking in the world, and you hide it from your family, and they never have access to that. It's like you're you're preventing them from accessing parts of themselves that can help them, mm-hmm. nourish them. Mm-hmm. It's the blueprint to healing generational traumas. Yeah. And if you don't allow that trauma to at least be exposed for healing, mm-hmm. it's just gonna continue and manifesting itself from generation to generation. That's why you see like literally generational. Like, abuse, when mm-hmm. it comes to physical or sexual abuse, it happens over and over and over again. And it's like, well, what's going on? Like, people will be like, am I cursed? And I understand why people say that. But sometimes it's not like you're cursed or, or anything like that. It's more so that you're actually not processing what's going on in your family and what's had what has happened to those members of the family to learn the lessons to make sure that that doesn't happen to yourself or to others or that you're not victimizing other people. You know what I mean? Because mm. that's often what happens. It's not even about like you like saying, oh, stay away from guys. It's more like, how do you make sure that you're not becoming a guy that does that to a woman? Yeah. And if you never heard the story of your aunt having that happen to her, mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. It changes your whole perspective. So mm-hmm. Generational trauma, it all stems from those family secrets and not being able to you know, let that shit out. And I do want to address, just because something is the norm does not mean it's okay and does not mean it's healthy. So just the fact, oh, well, it's a part of our culture. You need to get it the fuck out of our culture. Otherwise, what's happening? Generational trauma. The shit keeps continuing. 
You need to look and dissect history in order to stop right. it from repeating. And we can't accept it, you know? That's how R. Kelly gets this far. Like, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't happen by mistake. Mm-hmm. People had to turn a blind eye consciously. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, fuck it. I don't want to. Uh-uh. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, everything you say to a therapist is confidential. There are some exceptions. Check out the first part of our therapy series into the office to find out more. But, yes. You can come and talk to us. Help your family. There's family therapy. There's individual therapy. There's couples therapy. There's parent-child therapy. Come and get your shit straightened out. Okay. <laughs> because the black family needs help, yeah, y'all. We've been, we have been through some things for centuries that we got no healing for. Right. It is time. It that is part. time for our healing. Because there's nothing that we can't do collectively. Once we actually get our healing on, like, mm-hmm. oh, the beauty of being in a place of, of peace and healing, what can manifest from that, what you can create, what you can build, mm-hmm. ain't no, it's nothing that's going to be able to stop us, but we need to do the hard work of healing ourselves. For sure. And that first step is like admitting like, look, the shit that I've been doing ain't working. I need somebody to have my back. I need somebody to actually work this stuff out with a professional, somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's why we're here. Yes. It is okay. Going to therapy is okay. It's Going excellent. to therapy is healthy. Like, right. yes, sometimes you don't have the answers. So you need someone to point them out or help you figure it out. Help you reflect. Help you actually, you know, look at things from a different angle. Yeah. Because yeah, so. you're in it. It's hard to see shit from the bigger picture when you're in it. I so appreciated my therapist because mm. I was like, ooh, blind spots. Mm. <laughs> All right, so the fourth and final reason as to why black people don't go to therapy, we do have some barriers to therapy that I'm going to mention after. So those are also um, some reasons, but these are like just have to do with black people because other things, well, no, I'll get into it. But anyways, the fourth thing for why black people don't go to therapy is our distrust with the healthcare system. All of that distrust is extremely valid. Mm. The Tuskegee experiments, yeah, um, Henrietta Lacks, like we have a very <laughs> like <laughs> factual evidence-based reason as to why we don't trust the healthcare companies. Like, yeah. It's true. Um, and even going beyond that, going back to the slavery thing, it's like, any oh medical professionals. Oh my god! Using us as fucking guinea pigs. Gyne- gynecology. That yeah, was on. Yeah, those were on black women slaves who, without no anesthesia, anesthesia and before shit was like they got plastic now, which I appreciate. But before that shit was metal and it was cold. But what they were they using before that? They didn't care about sanitizing anything. Yes. It was getting infections. They were, Sterilization uh, was happening. Like it's just. They just did it. And then we're like, oh, we'll figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we very much, like, logical reason as to why we don't trust the healthcare I, system. Yeah, we got to change the subject. I got heated. <laughs> I just got mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they used, Ugh. they used, like, psychological studies as to why we were inferior. So, like, I really understand why we don't trust these healthcare systems. I get it. New generation, though. New However. Time, and there are black therapists out there that you can see. Yes. So moving into the barriers to therapy, some of us are only willing to go to therapy if we have a black therapist. And I feel you on that. This is why we're here. Right. <laughs> because sometimes you want a person who looks like you sitting across the room. Sometimes you want a person who is hip to all the history we didn't been through because it's a but shared wanna, history. Right. You don't want to have to repeat. Like, okay, or so explain. this is why I feel this way because of the history of you don't want yeah. to go through all that. And I understand that because mm-hmm. it can be exhausting because you already don't, you're already doing work. You don't mm-hmm. want to do the hard work of explaining and teaching. Right. Your while therapist. you're in your, your process. Exactly. You know? So I get that. And like for me as a black therapist, now I will say there is a difference between a black therapist and a therapist who is black. When I was when I was in practicum, I was a therapist who was black, and now I am a black therapist. 
so to give you an explanation of what the difference is, when I was in practicum and I was a therapist who was black, I had a white supervisor, love her to death, but she was white. And um, I had uh, black and Latino clients um, or Latinx clients. And I had a, she must have been nine year old black little girl. And I had my fro out at the time. So I had my huge fro and I'm, I'm doing therapy with this, this little black girl. And she said to me, my mom can relax your hair for you. And in my head, (laughs) I was like, shit, this is not a part of therapy, but I need to address this issue because this issue can be underlying self-hate that has just been a part of our community. So I need to address it in a way that changes her narrative just a slight bit, but not in a way that um, changes the path or the goals of therapy and things like that. Now, I would quickly just address that because your blackness is a part of your healing. It's not just what you came in for therapy. I have other goals for my clients as well. And we'll talk about it on a different um, show about goals of therapy. But I have different goals that they may just not be able to see, you know. And it depends whether or not I hit mine because that depends on their readiness and things like that. But I have no problem addressing their blackness because that is a part of who they are and that's a part of their healing. Again, holistic health, holistic healing. So now I'm completely comfortable addressing that. But then I didn't. I was like, no, the parents came in to address this, that. And I was like, I don't. And then school didn't teach me how to address culture. Really? Like, yes, we had some classes about what human diversity and things like that. But when culture became an issue, especially for a therapist of color, they didn't necessarily address that. They addressed it more for the white clinicians. You know? Well... So what I actually said when this nine-year-old little black girl said to me with my afro that her mom could relax my hair for me, I said, no, thank you. I like my hair the way it is. Which is still a good response. But I definitely would have dove down. <laughs> now, I'd have been like, let's, let's explore that. You got a time machine, huh? No, <laughs> I am where I am, so... I've, I've, I've gone through significant experiences at, at black practices, going to trainings such as black psychology and decolonizing the psyche and things like that to unlearn what I had learned in school and to relearn in terms of my culture and bringing my culture into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, um, all you skin folk, ain't you kin folk? And we about to find out real soon. <laughs> yeah so not every therapist is the same we had said this last week on the last show and not every therapist is gonna like match for you it might not even mm-hmm. be like a bad therapist necessarily it's just, it's like just not therapist. right for you right a bad fit mm-hmm. boom you know it's not like the pants are bad quality it's just hey it's too big for you it's okay get some <laughs> new pants mm-hmm. get some pants that fit get you a therapist that fits for you yes um, so yeah, you can Google African-American therapists, uh, psychology today should, um, auto-populate as one of the first couple of options. And, um, once you go into psychology today, then you'll have the preference of African-American therapists on that website. So definitely, um, try to do that. Try to find yourself a black therapist, um, cause it can be helpful. I've had a white therapist before And she was able to help me in some of the things that I needed to address, such as my family stuff. But I was also dealing with Black Lives Matter um, in that time when I went to see her. And I had tested her with some information to see how she would respond. And by the way she responded, I was like, nope, you're not going to help me with this because you cannot. So I'm going to have you help me what you can with what you can and we'll move on from there. And then when I was a black with a black therapist, I let it all hang out. <laughs> like I was I was talking about everything because then I could actually focus on my holistic healing because I still am black in America. So yeah. And there you have it folks. Mm-hmm. Find you a black therapist. If you can. I know like it's not 
an abundance of us. But there's more and amount. more every year. Yeah. We're coming out of school. We're going into practicing. Yeah. And like I said last um, podcast, like fellas, try if you have anybody that's younger than you. Like if you're not in the field, obviously, but you got like a son or a nephew or somebody else like that. Mm-hmm. Encourage them to get into the field of psychology and into uh, therapy. Because sure. not only is it healing uh, to have for your your own family. Like mm-hmm. I feel like having a therapist in the family can help heal that family. In yes. I um, have one relative who went to therapy mm-hmm. after I started on my journey right. to become a therapist. It's contagious. And then I have another relative who just and said they were going to therapy. People reach out to me mm-hmm. about therapy questions and things like that. So yes, it definitely starts inspiring people to focus on their health and yeah. their healing. And that can be important. And then that could be the generational spark of uh, healing. Mm. Uh, that that your family may need, mm-hmm. and just also, like we talked about, the job security in this particular field is excellente. No automation taking over our jobs. Not happening because people need to express their feelings and they need an actual connection with a human being to do that. Mm-hmm. So for sure, keep that in mind and and let that sink in about why you need therapy in the first place. Why do you think it's one of the jobs that won't be disappearing? Mm. Just so, as far as other barriers to therapy, we broke out here, <laughs> and therapy can cost money. Um, we went over how much we charge on the last show. Um, yeah. hmm? I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, and it's like if you don't have health insurance that covers it. So, okay, for example, my health insurance, Kaiser. I have issues with them. Yeah, terrible. Um, and I don't know if you heard, the mental health workers went on strike from Kaiser because they're bullshit-ass company. Okay? Um, they are. They are. So, one, I had to be committed to go to therapy because otherwise it would have been like, oh, is this a medical necessity? Bitch, I need support. I'm a therapist who is seeing clients. Like, I need to have my shit together so I can help them. Excuse you. Anyways, um... So Kaiser told me unlimited sessions and I, I'm a therapist, but I was also the office manager for my old job. So I had worked with insurance companies and I knew what questions to ask. So I asked them all the right questions. They told me that I had unlimited sessions for a year and I could see this, um, out of network clinician. So I've been seeing this clinician about six months now. And all of a sudden I get a fucking bill in the mail for all of my copays from therapy. When I ask, how many sessions do I have? What is my copay? And they said nothing. So now all of a sudden they're changing their tune and saying, I only had free three free sessions. And then after that, I had to pay a copay of $30. But didn't nobody tell me though until six months later, I get a fucking bill for the whole damn thing. Pissed and livid was my response. And I had to was. stop therapy. You sure it ain't? I'm is? A little passionate. But, um... But yeah, I had to stop therapy because of that. So I understand the barriers to therapy. Bullshit ass niggas. Damn. So get you a health insurance that works. And then what did my... So you don't end up like Rocky. Shut up. <laughs> and then my, what did my relative say? He said... Um, I forgot what he said. Oh, he said with his insurance, he could only focus on one topic at a time. Like with the therapist. I was like, what the bullshit? And then it was like limited topics. You had to choose from what they offered. And I was like, what the fuck is this? They really tried so, to And then health insurance do not, well, some health insurance do not bill for or approve of couples therapy or family therapy. And it's like, bitch, so everybody. Who, I'm right. sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. You got it. Everybody has a family of origin. Everybody on the fucking planet. If you are born, you got a family of origin. I don't care if you ain't with them. You got a family of origin. Okay? And everybody on a fucking planet has relationships. They might not be good, but yeah. they have them. You got relationships with your family, because that's the shit you need family therapy for, but sometimes you in it by yourself, trying to process your family. Then you got relationships romantically, platonically, mm-hmm. professionally. You have relationships with your children. You have relationships. Damn. And yet, they don't see it as a medical necessity. It's something that you have to do every day. Like, you have to interact with the people in your life. So exactly. The quality of those relationships will determine the quality of your life. So they're basically saying, 
the quality of your life is irrelevant. But it's also, and this goes into um, like what we've learned more about being a black therapist is that, well, I think what drew us to marriage and family therapy was it was systemic. We were focusing on the systemic issues right. within our life. So that means our surrounding environments. Um, so that's, that's family, that's school, that's work, our surrounding, our community, it's our surrounding environments and like white people are more individualized. That's just their culture. By nature. And again, it's not like a bad thing. It's bad for us. Right. (laughs) (laughs) For them. And that's cool. Like differences in cultures are, um, definitely to be appreciated. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you gotta know where you fit in when you find your tribe, sit Stick with them mm-hmm. and build. That's just like I, well, I would tell anybody. Yeah. If I'm a comic book nerd, why am I trying to fit in with the jocks? Like, those aren't my people. Naturally, I don't gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate a jock, quote unquote, like an athlete, somebody who's like athletic and knows what they're doing with their body and is skilled and athletic and has agility. I can appreciate all those things. Those are some of the characteristics of the comic book hero that I like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can appreciate it, but that doesn't mean I have to necessarily put myself on that. And when someone forces their culture on, on me, you, yeah. it's like, all right, nah, you gotta play football. Now you gotta dunk. It's like, well, I'm, and then, I'm fine. And then first of all, first of all, first of fucking all, okay? Yeah, I'll let you uh, take over. <laughs> Western medicine is their shit. We have been practicing holistic health for centuries before we even got to this fucking country. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, we have to be a medical necessity according to you? Fuck you. You don't know us. I'm just saying. They get on my fucking nerves. (laughs) <sighs> I'm sorry, I had a moment. But they do. Shut up. They do. They get on my nerves. <clears throat> With this medical necessity bullshit. I'm glad I don't work for Kaiser. <laughs> uh, it's really dedicated towards Kaiser. Like, all of this anger is Kaiser. Oh, I think we see. We, uh. I we have all since see. switched my insurance. We'll see if this one's better. But. But yeah. This medical medical necessity, like right. So it's all based on. It's on, not focused on health and wellness. It's not focused on healing. It's not focused on anything else that we have to deal with our life. It's like, um, are you gonna go to jail or are you gonna commit suicide? Because I need to know. Because those are the only things we care about. Pretty much, it's profit first, uh, patient second. It's all profit. That's all Kaiser is, profit. They don't give a damn about the people. I mean, the only reason why they give somewhat of a damn about the person is because they're paying. Exactly. They're making money off of they're it. Making money that off. is it. You're a number. Like, that's why the mental health workers went on strike. It's because they were giving them too many people. The clients were just numbers to them. They didn't, like I said, my experience with Kaiser Mental Health was bullshit. Like, I was on the phone with this guy who basically was like, I don't think you, you're not serious enough to be seen. So what, I got to like fake my illness to be seen, just to be seen, because you don't think, and he was dry as fuck, there was no empathy, he was like, you got to talk to somebody else, because I'm not hearing you, it was like, and then I had to talk to somebody else in person, convince them as to why I needed therapy, and that still wasn't my fucking therapist, so I'm opening up my vulnerability to like three different people before I get to my therapist. Like, it's bullshit. That's a dumbass process. It is. And then, you, the first person on the phone can't even be fucking empathetic? Why would right. people what continue... You What's wrong with you? Why would people continue on and to get therapy if they were not committed 100%? Honestly, like, the, the first contact that you have, like, should be, like, Exactly. A, a Warm. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Thank you for you reaching out. Because you never know what out. type of a person, uh, state, uh, a person's mind or, or emotional state that they're in. Yeah. Like, if I just went through a breakup or some other shit with somebody who I've been dating for, like, eight years or some shit, mm-hmm. I found out she cheated on me. And shot a porno or some shit. I might go off. Uh, I might go a little bit crazy out here. So if you talking to me like, what the fuck you want, man? You you what? What happened to you? All right, whatever. Okay, all right. You, I mean, I'm passing you on to uh to uh relations. All right, hold on, hold on. This motherfucker. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. If I that shit doesn't get taken care of, 
and I'm not actually feeling like I'm being held and actually mm, uh, cared to yeah. in a vulnerable situation, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into therapy, no matter the situation. It could be something unrelated to a relationship, too. It could be something where it's like you just had a, a passing in the family or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. like you, Or you just went through something traumatic mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, if that person that you're speaking to isn't engaging and calming and, and secure, there's no way I want to take the next step and right. being more vulnerable. But that being said, we're we're telling you the problems within the system right now, okay? So that being said, if you want to go to therapy, you do have to be committed because this system does not care about you. Right. Yeah, we're we're saying this not as like a deterrent, but more so like a warning of there's some bullshit Mm -hmm. systems, like we said, Mm -hmm. to make sure that we do not take care of ourselves. You see Especially what I mean? Black people. So like the barriers of like the whole phone uh, BS, like we have to and speak then, to multiple people. And then you know what? I I made a complaint about that first person mm. on the phone, and they were just like, "Yeah, he does that. He's been here forever." And you're still gonna keep him in that's the same position? Accept- that's an acceptance of that culture. Mm-hmm. Because that's an acceptance of the people don't they don't need. That's basically saying, "Oh, well, they they don't need to be actually taken care of when they first." make contact with us. We don't care about the first initial contact that a potential client has with us as a company because we care about our clients. They, they're literally saying, fuck them. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, he just does that shit. They've accepted that as a part mm-hmm. of their culture. So knowing that, you have to go into these situations knowing that there are barriers towards you taking care of your mental health and your, uh, your emotional health. Mm-hmm. But... We say that so that you know that going in ahead of time. Yeah. But you still got to fight for it. You got to fight for your mental health no matter what. You got to fight to protect your peace and your light. For real. We've been fighting for centuries. We have to continue. Because they don't want us to get better. Right. And like I said before, the healing part, once Mm -hmm. you get to that part, it can be transformational. Not only for yourself, for your whole family, for generations. For your community. Because so, I know, like, a lot of my clients are now advocates of therapy, and they talk right. about therapy all the time. Shoot, they be referring people to me. I'm like, I'm full. Yeah, yeah. Please stop. <laughs> but, um... I got, I got openings. If you're um... I come back from vacation. But, yeah, like, I'm... <sighs> these healthcare systems. And oh then, God. and then, if you don't have the insurance, which a lot... Kaiser does not have black mental health clinicians. They just don't. So you have to go out of network. But sometimes out of network means you pay. People, so many people have come to both of our organizations that we've worked at from Kaiser. And they're saying, screw it. I will pay because I want a black therapist. I have a lot of people paying out of pocket just for that reason. Mm -hmm. They know. They know. They know. Right? But then some people can't afford it. And then I feel bad because I cannot lower my rate. Because I... We live in the Bay, too. We live in the Bay. Like, I live here, too. I can't afford... Like, I want to be able to lessen my fees so that way I can see you. But I got to live here, too. I got to eat. So that means I got to raise it. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, this is why we need Medicare for All. Mm. Oh, and we're going to be touching on that in the coming weeks. We're going in on politics, y'all. Yes. Team and no sleep. Yeah. So, yes, Medicare for All would not only give people... Um, access to therapists in in mass because now it because therapists are also limited with how many healthcare insurances we can work with mm-hmm. if we like license versus pre-license we like associates cannot be on insurance panels like we have one Alameda Alliance and that is it nobody else wants associates and I'm like dude you got how many people working towards 3,000 hours you got associates. Like, so it's like us. you're bottlenecking the amount of people that can literally come into the exactly. field. Exactly. Which means you're bottlenecking the amount of people that can be served and helped. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's set up. they don't want us to be better. Yeah. It's like a... You got to fight for it. It's by design. Mm-hmm. So then once you get to be a licensed clinician, then you have to apply for these panels. And that's a whole process in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, but, but then again, then you have to be on multiple panels and that takes work for the individual therapist who doesn't want to do all that work. All they want to do is see people, you know? Trust me. Yeah. Working with insurance is terrible. If I could just see clients. (laughs) You know, we got to be transferred and transferred and be on hold and take forever. Like, jeez, we don't, 
But anyways, Medicare for All would ease that because now everybody got the same damn insurance. <laughs> it's a very simple process. And Less I can just be with one organization that has everybody, and then no matter what you have, you can come see me. Boom. Simple as that. Medicare for All. Advocates. <laughs> um, so, we've gone through why black people don't come to therapy. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the barriers to therapy. Now, what are the stigmas against actual mental health? Not therapy, actual mental health. I think, like, the biggest stigma uh, is, or the the age-old one, like, oh, it's for crazy people. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're, like, you're out of control. You're in therapy? What? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, we're slowly pushing back against that, Mm -hmm. but it's still very prevalent. It's very prevalent. And a lot of... uh, pockets and then like not even pockets like mm-hmm. general areas of this country mm-hmm. um kind of going back to what we were talking about with like the emotional strength piece especially with the men mm-hmm. we are taught in that same vein to not address our mental health mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and seen as like you have to be on an extreme of a spectrum yeah. otherwise it can't be addressed like something has to be drastically right wrong. like it has to be like you're talking about hearing voices or mm-hmm. something else like mm-hmm. that like you have to have a, like some type of schizo episode mm-hmm. and then it's like okay now you can go to therapy instead of it being uh i just want to address kind of down today or i just want to address some things that are going on in my life natural stuff mm-hmm. and then by catching it at that point mm-hmm. you can improve and make adjustments a lot easier but that's one stigma right there. Like the the big big one is like, oh, the I'm a, a crazy piece. I think the other one is the I'm judging you piece of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the therapists is, they feel like I can't go into a space because I know I'm gonna be judged or I know I'm gonna be shamed mm-hmm. or someone's gonna be looking at me a certain type of way. And they really can't take that. They really cannot take that. Well, I wouldn't even say in with the therapist, just people knowing that they go to therapy. But again, what mm-hmm. are the stigmas with mental health, not st- therapy? Oh, when it comes to mental health in general. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, yeah, the big one is, is, the, ther- is the, the crazy piece. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that uh, they think mental health is an expensive one thing problem mm. and it's like a, a cultural thing where it's like mm. kind of like uh when we do this episode i'm not sure which one it was because we did so many check them out <laughs> uh we were talking about like talking white mm. so it's a kind of equated to that same thing and, and beyonce went through the same thing when she talked about like you guys have a plant-based diet it's like we equate good to mm-hmm. white and we need to stop that. Stop with the self-hate. Stop with the inferiority. We are great. We are powerful. We are magical. Exactly. Be in it. <laughs> Go back to, to the ways of our ancestors. It, tying it back to this, like, mental health, it, the whole phrase, it seems like, oh, that's a white people shit. You know what I mean? Why? Mental health is still <laughs> some shit like, that's like a white people thing. So there's even a stigma within that, and I think in our community, it's like, well, that's for white people. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's a... Mental health shit, like, what you mean mental health? Like, mm. fuck? And it, it, it's sad. It's the same thing, like, oh, you speaking white. Mm. I'm speaking proper English. Or oh, you eating white. You eating that white people food. I'm just eating vegan. You know what I mean? So we, it, there's that whole trend and that stigma. Uh, and first of all, I'm going to need y'all to wake the fuck up and use the fucking internet. How many cultures have vegetarian options? How no, many cultures real. are vegetarian-based or vegan-based? <laughs> in Thank Africa. You. In Africa. A lot of them in Africa. Y'all need to wake the fuck up and go read something. <laughs> like, our diet, our natural, like, native diet was so plant-based. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? It's just you don't know. Yeah. Like, everything grew from a fucking tree. Where do you think you get most of the fruit from? Like, come on, dog. Stop it. Yeah. But I will say to the crazy point, I've had to like outlaw that in my sessions sometimes because they'll keep saying, well, I don't want to seem crazy. And I'm like, you let it go. First of all, define crazy. Right. (laughs) It was crazy at one and crazy to another. I know. And then like even some will say, so like I do um, one of the practices that I do with my clients is uh, increasing positive self-talk or positive self-affirmations. So good things that you say to yourself, right? Um, and some of my clients were, are like, I don't want to have to say t- this to myself every day. And I'm like, why? 
again, I have to put myself into the room. And again, this is unlearning something from school that was limiting self-disclosure. And I actually have to say my journey and give my experiences. Meaning, for example, my positive self-affirmations are so important to me, I get them tattooed. Because Mm. I need permanent reminders when life gets messy of how to keep positive and how to keep my mind right and not get lost in the chaos. So yes, you can do this every day. There's nothing wrong with that because life gets messy. So I literally have to use my personal story or my family story or another client's story to give them like some normalization that it's okay. It is okay. It is. Don't let them fuck. We got to stop letting other people, other people decide our lives and decide what uh, what healthy is, what good is, what intelligent, what smart, what creative is. Like, don't do that again. Going, finding your tribe, and, and then really getting outside of your own box mm-hmm. and learning who's really something that gravitates and resonates with you, mm-hmm. connects with your soul. That's going to take some time. It's going to take a journey. And therapy is one of the ways to access that. Yes, caring about your mental health is a way of accessing that. That's a whole piece of your puzzle, like mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. Why are you cutting off their part? Like, come on now. Like, we talked <laughs> about the spiritual piece before. Mm-hmm. Body, we, I mean, we, we talk about that all day when it comes to veganism and whatever else it is. Like, But diet. I do think we should address the fact that your, me- your mental health affects your physical health. It if does. you are going through something, if you are stressed, if you are traumatized, if you're just going through a lot... Your body will show physical symptoms. Your back will start to ache or your neck's hurting or you can't sleep at night. Like your body is telling you something is wrong. You need to get back into alignment. That means you got to focus on all areas of yourself. So you like for real like we we're trying to provide the uh access to this information so that mm-hmm. you you know from jump these are the barriers that are there mm-hmm. trying to prevent you from taking care of yourself and you being your best self mm-hmm. don't let that shit happen don't and then i will also say you know how you gotta go to the doctor for your annual checkup because of your physical health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you also need to do that with your mental health like it, it's not Something mental health is separate from mental illness. Break that down. Okay, so mental illness is a diagnosed disorder. It's not something you diagnose. We need to stop throwing around bipolar and ADHD and depression, anxiety, and all that shit. One sadness is not depression. And depression is not sadness. They are similar, but one is a significantly more prolonged time period, right. as well as impacting your functioning. Okay. There we go. So. Impacts that function. Exactly. So we need to stop throwing around these labels in these terms. That's why you don't know. You really don't exactly. know. Exactly. And it's not a joke. You'll be hearing words. It's not a joke. So, anyways. Ooh, we should talk about that at some point. Um, like using mental health as a excuse to to try to excuse your um, behavior, behavior, negative behavior. Yeah. That shit's whack as fuck. Like there's people and with not helping problems. with the stigma at all. It, Kanye is a good example. Oh my God. When he said that shit, talking about his, the world is his therapist, the world don't tell you the right shit. <laughs> right. If you, the world is- um, Check out If Slavery Was a Choice because I went on a full rant and we discussed that man. Yes, we brought that, that man. all the way to fuck down. This <laughs> But yeah, so mental illness is, um, it could be described as a chemical imbalance within mm-hmm. the brain. It could be described as um, something going on um, well, they have diagnoses for like family and relationship issues. Um, but with mental illnesses, it's more of an individual thing. Right. Um, most of the time it's, yeah. it's centered around that. Um, there can be some family work done around like mm-hmm. someone who's going through the, that particular, uh, a particular mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of the time it is mm-hmm. individualized. And again, mental illness are something that impact your functioning now i had um high functioning depression so there's also that but um yeah but um we should get something done i know and it was interesting because like i usually get all a's when i'm in school so my grades dropped to b's (gasps) 
I know, right? But my professor was like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, something was going on. But that's how functioning I was with my depression. So, but she noticed. So, yeah, it's crazy though. Shut up. Anyways, um, so to give you an example relating it to physical health, so your physical health is um, just your body and how physically fit you are, okay? Um, So is it exercise, you eat healthy, just physically fit. Um, A physical illness would be cancer, Mm -hmm. diabetes, stomach infection, like, that's a physical illness. So use that example to look at mental health and being mentally fit and mental illness, yeah, such as depression or bipolar disorder. Great way to break it down mm-hmm. for the people. See, providing the information so that you know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last thing I wanted to address today Uh-oh. is it's one of my favorite much. things because it's hilarious. So, in school, they told us to never say what our profession is on an airplane. <laughs> and I realized why <laughs> they said that. Because whenever I say my therapist, I get one of three responses. They either try to tell me how to do my job. Those are always interesting. I ain't get that one. I've gotten that before in cab rides. And I'm like, oh, so you went to school for that? Okay. <laughs> and then the other thing is they tell me all the problems. That one. Yeah. All the goddamn mm-hmm. time. Quick. Oh, you're a therapist? Well, let me tell you what's going on with me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like getting off work, going to work, and I have a moment. And then our last and final thing that people say to us when they find out our profession is don't therapize me so what are your thoughts on that statement first of all that ain't english (laughs) (laughs) right i don't know if therapize is a word (laughs) number one number two that's your funniest fuck but i don't think that's english though Mm -hmm. number two i don't got time if you only knew how much mental and emotional energy it takes for sure. To hold, not even hold, to just uh, be there, be there <laughs> for all my clients. Um, now, mind you, I have minutes, like 27 clients right, right now. Right. In that 50 minutes, it takes a lot. So, on my off time, when I'm just chilling or I'm having a regular conversation or I just meet somebody randomly and I, I tell them I disclose my profession, mm-hmm. the last thing I'm doing is doing that in an attempt to get another client in the moment. Nor break down your shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to like, oh, I'm a therapist. Now, I need to go deep inside your mind. And like, who Let me fuck? analyze you. I just got off, well, maybe not just got off work, but either way, my whole week consisted of me taking in that energy mm-hmm. and being there And for mentally working to help somebody else. And you think on my off time, I want to do the same thing with you? No. No? And not get paid for it? And- I, I don't even need to say anything else. I think you just hit it on the net. <laughs> Nail on the head, right there. Ain't nobody got time for Ain't that. Ain't nobody. Got time for that <laughs> shit. So no, we are not like out here just like ooh, who can who can we mind fuck today? Like mm-hmm. we ain't fucking like that's not how it works. We're not Professor X trying to get in somebody's mind no. and try to control them or doing anything like that. Like we're not. I'm trying about to chill, self care, not work. <laughs> right. We need to recharge to even get to a point where we can go back in the next week mm-hmm. and help out the rest of our clients. Otherwise, that shit ain't going to happen either. Mm-hmm. So, And I will also say, like, yes, sometimes I'll be able to see stuff happening yeah, around Yeah, just because I can see it don't mean I'm working. And don't mean I'm going <laughs> to point it out either. Yeah, at all. So I see a whole bunch of... Yeah, yeah but shit, I see a day like, oh, yeah. that's trauma. I'm like, ooh, projection. <laughs> Oof. God damn. But am I, like, fixated on it? Am I... Like making sure that's like the focus of my day. Am I going to go out my way to say that and point that out? Like you said, no. Nah. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Oh no. Mm-mm. So please let that one go. 
Now, I will say, I also hear this phrase, don't therapize me, when I'm using language that they consider therapy. So, like, boundaries. First of all, we're we're associate marriage and family therapists, meaning we discuss a lot of relationship stuff, okay? So, when we're just having discussions with people, usually, we talk about relationships, okay? Um, So, then we will throw out a term like boundaries, and people get like, ooh, why are you therapizing me? Why are you getting on therapy now? What's wrong with the word boundaries? And why isn't an why isn't it a normal part of your vocabulary? Right. And why do you just freak out about it? Maybe you're not used to people setting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So saying. I'm I'm gonna need I don't even know what that is. When you're offended by a word. Well, I mean, some words. I, guess. I mean, <laughs> but, but boundaries. Boundary though? <laughs> nah. Like, what is your issue? Or self care? If you get offended by self care, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Probably but, you're not taking care of yourself. Mm. But yes, yeah, all those things, man. It's like, these are the things that you need to uh, know. And uh, be aware of as you get into, I think, as we all get into this transition of taking care of ourselves more fully, like as a whole, actually taking care of mind, body, and spirit, and not just neglecting the mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, not like just, I, I go not, to church for my spirit, right. I'm going to the gym for my body, but the mind, yeah, the mind, the mind, emotion thing, I ain't really. You really got to step it up because yeah. that is a huge part of your life. A huge part of yourself. One of the things I, I like to say, and it's probably something I made up like a, a week ago. Is like You know how they've said like facts aren't feelings? No. Like emotions are feelings. Uh, are, Fe- are, are, feelings are facts. Like emotions are... are... Uh, feelings are very powerful, but they're not factual. No, but this is what I mean. That's why I'm about to break it down. Feelings mm-hmm. are facts. They just are often misinterpreted and uh, misunderstood. They're telling you something. Your feeling is yeah, literally but it, but it's not a logical fact. This is what I'm saying. Like if you feel cold, right? Uh-huh. That's a feeling. You're easily able to interpret that because you can feel it on you. You know that temperature and everything else like that. If you're feeling sad or you're feeling down or you're feeling disrespected, you may not know why, but that's an information. That's data. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, so. It's a fact. It's just we don't know how to interpret it. It's just like saying one plus two equals four. If I didn't know what the symbols were. I wouldn't know how to interpretate that. It's still a fact. One plus two does not equal four. I know. That's what, oh, my fault. Two plus two. I said one plus two. <laughs> Damn it. I'm all, but yeah, I'm, my mind's moving too fast for my uh, my mouth right now. But yeah, two plus two equals four. If I didn't know the symbol of four, I wouldn't understand that because I didn't know how to interpretate that fact. I still disagree. <laughs> all right, well. I, I still, because. It's okay to disagree. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I disagree because say I feel like you aren't doing what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. That's in, a fact that you feel that way. Okay, I get that. You see what I mean? It is but, a fact. But it is not a logical fact in the reality of everybody involved. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm that's what I'm saying. Feelings are not factual in the reality of everything. Right. Like your feelings are very powerful, but they're not always true. They're They're... They're a data point is what I'm saying. They're, mm-hmm. a, they're a piece of information and you can use that to mm-hmm. interpret and better understand your reality. Mm-hmm. And then like for me, so so say I felt, what did I just say? I don't know how we got here. But unheard or something. Um, so <laughs> uh-huh. then I, I talk to you and I'm like, was this your intention on what happened? And you're like, no. Right. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So he didn't intern, intend to hurt me or hear me and even though I felt unheard right. that wasn't the reality of the situation right. so now I can change my perspective which then changed my feelings but that's what I'm saying does your feeling necessarily go away like does it change you still felt that way I felt that way yes so that's, that is true that yes. was genuine that's yes. what I mean that was a fact for your individual perception right that was data about the world around you, mm-hmm. how it was making you feel. That it was real. But it was not factual in regards to the bigger picture of the reality of what's happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that comes into the interpretation. So it's mm-hmm. more so like we need to understand and learn our feelings and emotions mm-hmm. so that we can interpretate them very quickly. 
It's like the translation, like I said, let's get the math right this time. Two plus two. <laughs> two plus two equals four. If I can recognize four really quickly, then I can do math really quickly. It's the same thing with translating my feelings. If I know that you plus me equals conflict, <laughs> I'm going to feel conflict, then it's already, automatically I can move through the world not having us interact. And that's what I mean by like facts being feelings. They're not actual, like you said, realities. But they are a fact, they're a subject, they are a data point that mm-hmm. you can use to better interpret and navigate this world. Like, yes, you did feel that way. Right. Yes, you did feel that way. That was 100% true. Mm-hmm. And it's people's inability to acknowledge that that mm-hmm. prevents people from moving forward. Because you can't move past, mm-hmm. you know, to an actual logical point well, well, where yes. people are still stuck in their emotions. Feel your feelings and then process and try to understand them. It's the only way you can, you know, mm-hmm. make those connections and not flash. Anyways, that was my uh, little end of the moment thought that I had. So I do want to say for our upcoming shows, um, we are going to do, I think, another part in the therapy series where we discuss kind of like our journey through grad school and all of Mm -hmm. our thoughts about what we were learning and things like that. And then um, even our own therapy when we've gone to our own individual personal therapists. Um, and what we've gone about, what we were trying to work on, things like that, just to, again, normalize things, um, as well as to plant seeds if something can help with you. Um, and then we have to, we do have to address goals of therapy and expectations of therapy that we didn't get to last week. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a continued... Yeah, we're um, going in with the series. Going Continue. for the series. And then let us know if you have any other questions about therapy. Erica, thank you for joining us on the live and asking Always those questions and making questions. those comments. Um, but yeah, feel free to let us know about any questions and concerns you have about therapy. Going to therapy, therapists, all of that. <laughs> all, right, all that good stuff. Um, all right, I think that's it for today. Yeah. Hopefully you got some good information, mm-hmm. uh, some different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Maybe this might shift you into uh, more going towards taking care of your mental health and um, addressing some of the things that might be going on in your life yes, and uh, fully sure. aligning yourself. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's what happens. If not, I hope you enjoyed us chopping it up. Yeah. Having a good <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe this will be that, like you said, that seed that will blossom into that mental health flower yes. later on in mm-hmm. your life. But we have to continue to break the stigma. Yeah. Because that's our job. Black people, we need some healing. You damn right. And I ain't going to rest until we get a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to It's So Real with your girl Rocky. Thank you, boy. Ooh. We will catch you next time. Take care of you. All right. Peace.